Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening, listeners. And welcome to Double Dip Tuesday, the Ladder House Bible Enrichment Hour. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on this September 5th, 2017, the first Monday in September, I'm sorry, the first Tuesday in September, Uh, and we are certainly glad that you have joined us and that you are here, right here to be with us tonight. We thank you for tuning in and just joining us and, uh, and taking out the time to be with us. First of all, I would like to give honor to God and all those who are listening, to um, Dr. Shelton Carter, to um, my husband, Minister Joel Lewis, and also give a shout-out to our sponsor, Granny's Place, who, where the president is Beverly Beasley. And we just want to give her thanks and honor her and give her a big shout out for hosting us and giving us the opportunity and privilege to hold the Ladder House Bible Enrichment Hour. As you know, we are here, well, um, we have the New Day Call every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time. That number to call is uh, 605-475-4730. Your access code would be 437-429. And we have that Monday through Friday, and we look forward to you joining us uh, any morning of the week that you would like to join us. And just feel free to uh, join us and give us your words of expression or tell us what you're learning from our New Day call or just uh, if you have any questions or uh, concerns or you, anything that you would like Pastor Shelton Decorder to uh, expound on, please feel free to join us and feel free to ask any questions or express yourself. Um, we are most gracious and happy to accommodate you. Our founder and overseer is none other than Dr. Shelton Carter. We here at the Ladder House keep our man of God covered, praying for him daily. Yes, weekends too. We have set aside a special time of the day, 5.30 a.m. and 5.30 p.m., and that means whatever time zone you're in, someone is praying for our man of God and this awesome network. We ask that you continue to do that Our each time you think about him or each time you think about us as a network, don't hesitate to send up a prayer for us because 
truly our prayers are needed. Our prayers are needed, and we thank God for you. Uh, for more information about this wonderful network, opportunities, comments, prayer requests, Bible study, please like us on Facebook at Our Letter House, where you can also find upcoming events and daily inspirations. Feel free to email even write us with questions, concerns you may have. Maybe you have a subject that you want Pastor to teach on, or you may just want to say hello and how you are enjoying and benefit from the network. Our email address is thelhwork at gmail.com. We want to thank God for giving Dr. Carter the vision and the to restore virtue to a society that is barren of spiritual and moral excellence. He believes that as we link with individuals, associations, and corporations, that we will effectively build a network of kingdom advances and entrepreneurs manifesting works globally that will be stations of empowerment through media, technology, and even creative platforms in traditional and non-traditional settings. We believe we will effectively reach a multi-ethnic, multicultural generation. We want to thank you for your partnership, your attendance, your faith, and seed, which allows us to the privilege to advance this cause across the nation by connecting purposes. And we have been asked to sow a seed to the Ladder House Network by, uh, is that $5 a day, or whatever God leads you to do or, or put to your hand to do, because we believe that sowing a seed will help further the kingdom of God and the Ladder House to get this uh, this done. We ask that you continually pray for him. We have a uh, prayer that we ask that you pray over Dr. Carter daily. Um, that that prayer is prayed, like I said, every morning at 5.30 in the morning and uh, 5.30 in the evening. And we just want to cover our man of God. We want to make sure that uh, his life is covered and everything in his, about him is covered, his family is covered. And we just like to go ahead and read that prayer tonight. Um, it says, We thank you, Father, for your man, Pastor Dr. Shelton D. Carter, and the Latter House of Vision. We thank you, Father, that you have predestined him to restore virtue in society's barren of spiritual and moral excellence. We thank you, Father, for directing his steps and giving him a spirit of excellence. Continue to give him a hearing ear to teach and speak the written and revealed word of God to your people. Circumcise his ear for your glory and good pleasure. We declare and decree that no external or internal weapons formed against him will prosper. Every emotional, physical, physiological, financial, or spiritual weapons formed against him are destroyed right now. Your word declares that whoever wars against him, that you would war against them. 
For we pull down every stronghold and every high thing that exalts itself above the knowledge of God concerning Dr. Shelton D. Carter. Every argument against him we bring down into the captivity and obedience of Christ. On behalf of your son and our pastor, we come against every obstacle of pride that keeps the people of God from intimately knowing you. Every rebellious thought we bring under subjection of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Every internal enemy that comes to scatter the flock seeking to make self-disciples amongst the congregation, we declare illegal. We speak that your anointing destroys every yoke in his life, over his children's lives and his family and his ministry. We declare and decree by the anointing of the Spirit of God that all plans, allowances, strategies, demonic forces, false, evil, and selfish motives are exposed and that every hindrance be removed. Every witch, warlock, or soothsayers, both spiritually and naturally, be removed off of Dr. Carter, and therefore its power broken. Pastor is free from our yokes of bondage, fear, poverty, generational, and demonic curses. We resist every spirit that acts as a gatekeeper to his soul. We renounce any further associations. Passed down from generation to generation, biological, physiological, psychologically, spiritually, or any unknown force that comes against him. We, the people of God, declare him blessed, and therefore we communicate in all good things concerning him according to Galatians 6 and 6. Therefore, we make holy garments for your man according to your word and commandment for glory and beauty. We, your people, declare Dr. Shelton D. Carter blessed and abundantly supplied in Jesus' name. Our praises, glory, dominion, and power to our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the prayer that we speak over our pastor, Dr. Shelton D. Carter, twice a day, or you can speak over it as often as you like. Just pray for him. Just make sure he's covered. We want to just keep him covered in his daily walk with Christ. Uh, I want to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Master, we just come tonight thanking you for this day. Father, we thank thank you that you have been good to us today, that you've taken us to and fro, that you've taken us from point A to point B, that you've taken us to all our destinations safely and brought us back safely. God, we thank you today. We thank you for our jobs. We thank you for food on our table. We thank you for a roof over our head. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. God, we thank you for the vehicles that we drive. Father, we just thank you for Everything great 
and smile. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, what you have done in our lives, and what you're about to do in our lives. Tonight, dear God, we ask you to just come in and shower us with your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit rule, rest, and abide over us tonight, dear God. Let us hear from you through the man of God that is coming to bring over it tonight, dear God, to bless us, to help us, to steer us and, and guide us in the direction that you have him to have us to go, dear God. Bless him, Father. As we have prayed over him, we just ask a special blessing on him, his family, where his feet trod, wherever he puts his hand to do, dear God. We just ask you to keep him, Father. Keep him, keep him in your will, keep him in your way, God. Keep him as only you can, Father. Father, we also ask a special blessing on those that are on the line tonight. We ask that you be with them, dear God. Be with each and one of each and every one of us, dear God. Bless us in a way that we know that it is you blessing us, dear God. Father, for those that are sick in their body, would you send your healing hand, Father, and just touch them with your finger of love and heal their body. Those that are having financial difficulties, dear God, bless their finances. Keep them, help them to uh, have good stewardship over the finances that you give them so that they can be abundantly blessed, dear God. Oh, Father, and if there's any other issues, any other problems, any other mental uh, stresses or problems that's going on with us tonight, bless God as only you can. Release God as only you, you can. Father, my sister was having an issue sleeping last night. Would you please just bless her, comfort her heart, comfort her mind, strengthen her, and give her the peace and the rest that she so needs and desires to God. You know all about her tonight, God. You you know what she needs. You know what each and every one of us needs. Father, bless us one by one, then bless us collectively. Dear God, God, I ask you to bless the latter house, God. Make it what you have it to be. Let us walk in the walk that you have us to walk. Let us be blessed by you, and let us be blessed. Uh, let us ble- be a blessing to someone else, dear God. For that's what our de- heart's desire is, God. You know we need you tonight. We know we honor you tonight. You know that we love you tonight. And, Father, we just ask these blessings and other blessings in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, family. I see y'all all coming in tonight. Thank you for joining us. Uh, the floor is open for us to uh, say hello and tell where we're calling from. If you have any expressions uh, to give tonight, just go ahead. The floor is open. Good evening, family. This is Sister C calling in from Dallas. Good evening, Sister C. How you doing? I am awesome. I am fantastic. I am great. I am just thankful. Just good. Good all over. Amen. (laughs) All right. Thank you, Jesus. We just thank him for that. The floor is still open. Let's uh, give me a let me know where you're calling from and give me a shout-out. 
Well, good evening, Sister Lewis. This is Shanine. I'm calling in from Goodyear, Arizona. Good to hear you guys. Well, good to hear you too, my sister. I'm glad that you could join us from Arizona tonight. <laughs> that is yeah, wonderful. I want to take a minute, and, uh, if I can, to share a little bit. Well, do you just go right ahead? The floor is yours. <laughs> Well, again, good evening, family. I just want to take a minute and share, um, based upon the information that we received this morning, and praise God for just being part of such an awesome work because we get information and um, mandates and things on a regular basis, uh, as Dr. Carter um, has instructed us. We are now in next-level living, so we're learning how to actively invoke our covenant, our inheritance, the will that was left behind for us. In doing so, every day it's a rhema word. Every day is something for us to do. And in that act or working out that level of obedience and understanding, not imperfection, but just having a willing heart and striving daily to do that, which we are instructed to do, it's an amazing thing to be able to have and to be able to do. And the thing we got this morning was actually so and to give. And it's our pleasure to give. It's also our responsibility to give. We've learned that um, in Galatians 6, uh, 5 through 6. It speaks about that we are to um, speak and give in every good thing that we've had. I've heard it on various different levels and various different um, ministries that they are um, now speaking and saying those things with Dr. Carter. We've been blessed that Dr. Carter was teaching us this years ago that it is our our pleasure as well as our responsibility to make sure that we don't cause our men and women of God to have to get a hustle, as one pastor said. It, it is our responsibility and our pleasure to sow into them on a daily basis, to make sure they're taken care of. They are taking care and watching over our souls and giving us the information and things that we need to actively walk in the dominion, which is our authority as we have been grafted back in to the, the tree of life through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have dominion, we have power, we have authority, and we have to learn that Dr. Carter has been instructing us on not just taking our word, but actually actively finding scriptures and attaching them to the seed. Today, I was blessed to be able to share um, Luke 6 and 38, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, Malachi 3, 8 through 10, just on the terms of giving. And then on provision, that found scriptures that were in Proverbs 4, 19, um, I'm sorry, Philippians 4, 19, Proverbs 10, 22, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8, and Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. Now, the last one states, Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8, Be blessed, all those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. And those are just some of the things that I was blessed to find to send with the scripture that I like to speak and just call in for the latter house, the, the, those that are assigned to us, those that are part of the partnership, those that are actually actively involved in the work, our leader, those, our families, our neighborhoods, and things of that nature. And just understanding and getting to learn my part in this thing. He has talked to us and taught us about our anointing individually, learning that, and learning our anointing collectively, 
Um, he's also talked about, again, uh, us taking our, our rights and setting off some things and the fact that angels are assigned to us to do the work and to do the word that God has given us. But we have to learn that word and know that word. So this morning he reminded us, or it's actually I got new information in understanding the knowledge and the, the level of knowledge and things that we are being called up to is a frequency in which we need to maintain ourselves on, as well as daily peppering ourselves, daily checking yourself, doing that so you don't get into a deficit where you just find yourself acting out of emotion, but you find yourself continually seeking God, continually um, communing with God, inviting the Holy Spirit to guide you, to partner with you to do. And in doing so, you don't have um, crazy outbursts. You don't get thrown off. You don't get out of whack because you are continually continually, I can't say it enough, every moment of every day as we are living this life, continually checking ourselves, continually checking our motives, continually never feeling that we have arrived, no matter what status we get up to. And it's amazing to be able to be part of a work that is teaching us to actively be involved with the Word and not just reading the Bible as a good book or some stories that happened years ago, but understanding it as a covenant, our mandate, our tool, our weapon, our bullet as Dr. Carter has, has taught us, that we can take, we can load our gun with that word and use it regularly. So I'm excited and I thank God for each and every opportunity to not only learn, but to pour back in, to get, to give. And don't forget to sow your seed, family. If you haven't done already, please, please sow your seed. It's an amazing thing that happens when you work in obedience. Love you. That was it. Thank you, Shanine. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I thank God for what we are learning um, each and every morning, so early in the morning. It just resonates all day long. So I'm grateful to God for that. I will go ahead and uh, release the floor to Dr. Carter. He is uh, on the line and ready to give us what God has given him. All right, all right, all right. Amen. God bless Amen. you, man. I'm sure. Amen. God bless you, Sister Lewis. Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness, your consistency. Amen. And your love that you show towards us, ministry and God at all times. God bless you. Um, for those of you Amen. that are on tonight, love you again with the love of the Lord. Um, as it's relating to walking in the steps of, of obedience and where we uh, – set aside our time to be with God, amen, uh, intentionally, amen, and set an hour out to uh, do so, and most of you all have did so, and uh, I did receive some of you all's um, um, emails regarding your time with the Lord that I felt was absolutely wonderful, so God bless you again, God bless your heart, amen. Um, uh, Woo! Amen. Is there anybody that wants to say a good afternoon, amen, or good evening before we get going? Amen. Good evening, Dr. Carter. Amen. Hey. All right, all right. Amen. All right. I got that one. Amen. Good evening, everybody, family. I just got kind of late, and I didn't get a chance to say hello to everyone, so hello, family. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. 
Good evening, Sister Erling. Just want to say hi. Sister Erling, amen. It is a good day. Amen. All right. <clears throat> amen. Commander. All right. <clears throat> um, I want us to see something. Amen. Glory to God. <sighs> amen. Turn to uh, well, let's turn to uh, Joshua. 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 And when you get there, just say I got it. Amen. I think I want Joshua chapter five. I really believe that's what I want. Joshua chapter five. Amen. Amen. All right, all right, all right. Joshua chapter 5, verse number 10 is where we're going to start our reading at tonight. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that you've given us by grace. But we know that it is not by perfection that we are here. But we are here today simply, Father, because you have so sovereignly chose us in your grace, your compassion, and your love towards us. It was by your sovereign election, Lord, that you chose me to be your servant at such an hour and a time and such. I pray, Father, that I will not fail my assignment, but that I will glorify you in my assignment by doing and saying everything that you have commissioned, commanded, and ordained for me to say to your people. So you know what it is that they have need of most. Meet them at their point of need and allow this word, Father, to stretch them beyond their wildest imaginations, Lord, taking them into heights, Father, that are beyond, Father, their dreams. I thank you, Father, that you are the God that takes us beyond our limits, Father, for there is no limit in you, and we want to say thank you. I bless you, give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Those that love the Lord say amen. I don't know how many designates we can have tonight unmuted, but if somebody would be unmuted tonight just so I know I'm not by myself and I don't get lost, amen, in this word tonight. <laughs> I don't have long tonight, so I pray that I will be strong in the short time that I have. And so I want you to uh, meet me at Joshua chapter 5, amen, and glory to God. Yes. I want you to see something. And in and, and Joshua chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their hearts melted. Neither was the spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. Because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make them sharp knives and circumcise again, hallelujah, circumcise them again, the children of Israel, a second time. And Joshua made them sharp knives and circumcised the children of Israel at the hill of the foreskin. And this is the cause why Joshua did circumcise. All the people that came out of Egypt that were males, even all the men of war, died in the wilderness by the way, after they came out of Egypt. Now all the people that came out were circumcised. But all the people that were born in the wilderness, by the way, as they came forth out of Egypt, them they had not circumcised. But the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war. Hallelujah. To all the people. Uh, where am I at? Circumcised for the Walked 40 years in the wilderness to all the people that were men of war, which came out of Egypt, were consumed. Because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord, unto whom the Lord swore 
that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that would that would give them a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And I want you to see something that God made a promise to the forefathers of the children that were born in the wilderness, amen, to the people of God. However, God made them a promise that they would go to a land flowing with milk and honey. But you, as you recall, that people never saw or never entered into the land that was flowing with milk and honey. Amen. They never, they never, they never entered in. But then here comes this new generation, amen, that had wandered in the wilderness, amen, and had suffered such loss based upon the uh, choices and the decision of their predecessors. Amen. Uh, verse number seven says, And their children whom, they, whom he raised in their stand, them Joshua circumcised, for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And again, circumcision was a sign of covenant. And God told uh, Joshua, the leader of the people, he said, circumcise the people. Now, he did not talk to the people. He did not ask the men, was it okay if Brother Joshua come by and uh, sends out this edict that there's going to be a circumcision going forth? But God spoke this, amen, to Joshua, to Joshua. Joshua was their leader. Remember, these were people that had been wandering in the wilderness and had suffered much loss based upon the position and the placement and the posture that life had just thrown them. This place that they were in, which was known as the wilderness, was not a place of their desire. It was a place that they went into by default based upon their parents' decisions, based upon their parents' decision, again, to opt out of the responsibility of following spiritual leadership spiritual leadership. And again, Joshua is circumcising people, but he is not asking them, is it okay if we go through this ceremony, nor is he giving the disclaimer that God said anything. Joshua is moving in his spiritual authority, walking in his dominion, and he is basically saying, hey, if you follow me, you will be blessed, but if you don't, you may have some problems. Now, that is a very arrogant statement. And a very arrogant posture for anyone to have, seemingly, unless you've had the encounter that Joshua has had. Remember, Joshua wandered as long as the people did, but Joshua was obedient. Have you ever felt like you were being blamed or punished, amen, for something that you did not do, but you were being held responsible for the that somebody else made for your life, amen, that have caused you such devastation, distraction, setback, and otherwise? In verse number 80, says, it came to pass that when they had done when they had done circumcising all the people, that they abode that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. In other words, they stayed in the camp. The Bible says until they were healed. He did not release them until they were healed, because again, circumcising is the cutting of the foreskin. Now, when I say this, and there's a predominantly uh, female audience, I get the same reaction that I'm getting now. Because women do not relate to this type of deal. They do not relate to this at all. They don't get a sensitivity or uh or uh either way about it. But if you went into the areas of childbirth, and we begin to talk about childbirth and uh, the process of childbirth and how painful childbirth can be and the pulling and the separating of bones and the contractions and so on and so on, the agony that comes before the blessing. You can relate to that. You say, I can get that typology. I can get that metaphor, Pastor. But to understand the sensitivity that goes into place as it relates to what these men have gone through, because, again, these are not little boys. These are not infants, but these are grown men being cut at the foreskin. And they are being Mm -hmm. cut at the foreskin as a requirement, amen, 
of God given to another man on their behalf. So it's instructions they hadn't heard yet. The only okay. time they heard was coming from their leadership. And therefore lies the confidence that the people had in their leader. Remember, they were so confident in Joshua to the point that they said, Joshua, if anybody rebels against you, anybody turns against your voice, we're going to get them, we're going to kill them, we're going to shut them down. And as you recall, in chapter 7, chapter 8 of uh, Joshua, that, uh, that, that a- a- Achan had rebelled against Joshua's voice and his command, and Joshua's boys went and got him. They killed him. They got rid of him because they said, look, it is that type of attitude that has kept us out of the blessing that we should have been in a long time ago. Anybody feel Mm -hmm. like not only you, Mm -hmm. but do you feel Mm -hmm. that the people that you are connected to are behind schedule on some things that you Mm -hmm. see that they should be having, that you see that they should be walking in, that you see, amen, it might be a friend, it may be a neighbor, it may be a minister, it may be your pastor, it may be me, it may be this vision and this work, and you're saying, hey, it seems as if it's a little behind schedule, amen, but I wonder if it has to all to do with the lack of my obedience. See, there is a place that we have been obeying God, but yet we have been sporadically obeying God. But if we're going to break through, it's going to come through the accumulation of the uh, the anointing that comes, amen, through a unified agreement. Uh, the power of agreement, amen, puts a demand on the heavens that unlocks your earth and calls you to live life on another level. We have been talking about living life, amen, on another dimension, living life on a higher level. Amen. We believe that God wants us to live a higher state of being. Amen. That we are to walk in the manifestation of promises that we know that he's promised for our life. How many of you know that he's promised that you should be rich and abundantly supplied with money and what money cannot buy? And if that's a promise for God, for me, I want my promise, and I don't want it in the sweet by and by. I want it in the right now, right now, right now. I need it in the getting up in the morning. I need to be able to drink coffee with it. I need to be able to open up the window, open up the blinds and be able to see it out there. I need to be able to sleep in it, lay in it, drive in it. I execute from it because, again, my blessing, amen, of materialism does me no, no good in the heavens. Right. God is trying to take us to another level. But I want to show you how we're going to get there. We're looking at something here in Joshua where Joshua is going through all of these procedures. It is Joshua that has to inform the people. It is Joshua that leads the uh, organization of this type of uh, commitment and obedience. It is Joshua. But we got to see who Joshua really is. Amen. You remember uh, where Joshua, as he lifted all these commandments, uh, following the Lord, the Bible says in um, verse number 10, and the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal, and they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at even in the plains of Jericho. And they did not eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow or the day after the Passover, unleavened cake and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased. And the manna ceased. The manna ceased, but watch when the manna ceased. The manna ceased, amen, after they ran out of the old corn that they got from the former land. Now, we have to see where they are. They are in a man in they are they are camped in Gilgal and they're getting ready to cross over the Jordan and step over a 
and take over Jericho. I want you to see that they are now no longer in the wilderness, but their feet are on the plains of the promise now. And once their feet hit the promise, the promise or the indicator that you had arrived was not the release button of the blessing, but there was more acts of obedience that were required, amen, in order for you to to totally or to max or to securely bring in the very essence of the promise that God wants from you. You do not, amen, walk in spiritual maturity, amen, without proving that you have heard the Lord, which is your evidence of your obedience. The evidence of your obedience is the indicator that you can hear. And God can't take mute folk, hallelujah, dumb folk, and when I say dumb, I'm not belittling you, but I'm talking to you that have deaf ears, if you would, deaf spiritual ears. And God is trying to wake your ears up. And he's trying to show you that if you can't hear nothing for yourself and you know you ain't hearing, then it's safe to say that you might want to find someone, amen, that you can rest in and be obedient. Joshua is the guy at this moment, and the people have complete confidence in him now. (laughs) To the point that the Bible says that they are now on promised land. They are now mm-hmm. in their dream dimension. And and now since they are in their dream dimension, the manner in which God fed the people from the heaven ceased. It stopped. So how God fed them, he was no longer feeding them. And because he was no longer feeding them was a direct, a direct witness to the fact that they had ran out of what they used to have. Okay. Uh, and let me help somebody right here. The Bible said that they had this parched grain. They had this corn. They had this stuff. And this, this, the, 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 the things that they had, they had it from the former land, if you would. And God was waiting until they ran out of what they had before he could take them into their necks because he wouldn't want to suggest that you're going to the next level based upon anything that you had done. And this is why God is allowing some of you all to run out of what you used to have. Now, the Bible says that these children had got circumcised. Help me, Holy Ghost, get into what I need to get into. God pray. Amen. He, he had circumcised them, and not only did he circumcise them, but he is now, now they are in the land of the leadership that has led them to this place of promise. And what they had or used to have, have run out. And he says, look, if we're going to walk in covenant with God now, it has to be more than just a fleshly sign. But now what they used to have is run out. And now this is when the temptation to come up with uh, tricks and schemes and, 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 and all these things come in. But God leaves them with no place to run to because not only do he allow them to run out what they used to have, but now he also dries up how he used to feed them. And he is literally seeing the people.
And this is what I've learned in ministry. It doesn't matter how old we are in ministry. Doesn't mean that we are mature. Doesn't mean that we are grown. Mm-hmm. That God is still raising some of us in the spirit. And he's trying to groom mm-hmm. and develop. And so some of us, he has you. He, he done cut you and brought you into another level of covenant. But he got you waiting in Gilgal. But because you don't understand that waiting is a part of the process of development, that you are bucking the waiting process and you want it to be used, but you're not ready to be used yet because the evidence that you're not healed yet from your Gilgal experience is showing up in your behaviors as it relates to your disciplines and your obediences. Showing up. And so you understand, understand parliamentary order, but you don't understand leadership now. You understand casting your vote, but you don't understand leadership. And the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It is a theocracy, and it has been given this theocratical order because God has chosen to speak to one man on behalf of the group. Mm -hmm. Now, it's not that he won't give you information related to the destination, but understand it will be in alignment and conjunction. So often people have me and have my interest with their ability of their gifting. And gifting is one thing, but your gift don't mean nothing over here in the kingdom. And I'm trying to get people to understand your gift without a circumcised heart will leave us at the place of Simon the sorcerer. Remember Simon the sorcerer, the Bible says he was baptized and converted. And so as he was baptized and converted, it's safe to say that he was born again and he was baptized again in water. But he was formerly a sorcerer, which means that he was a gifted man, but he used his gift for dishonest gain. And so this man who has these ways or these behaviors, help me here, Jesus, he is now watching the apostles perform in the book of Acts where they are performing all these wonderful works, and he is following them, and he says, look, he said, how, how can I buy these gifts from you all? How can I purchase them? Now, he was born again. Because, again, anybody baptized, believe in the name of Jesus Christ, confess him, you have been saved. And so he's born again, but his behavior has not been altered yet. And I'm watching people that are born again, new level of covenant, under new anointing and word, but they have behavior issues that need to be adjusted. Hmm. Their ways are off. You got to understand, everybody that is seeding is not seeding into the kingdom. Here, everybody that's walking in gifts ain't gifting for the spirit. And God is trying to teach them now how to stop being robust individuals to now how to walk in sonship. So the first operation of business is God said, take you a flint knife and cut them again, circumcise them circumcise them. Why? Because I'm getting ready to take you to a higher level of living. And when you go to the next level, you can't afford to have rebellious sons behind you because you'll get to the place, but you won't be able to keep the place that you got. And God has ordained for us in this season that not only we reap a harvest, but God wants you to be able to keep what you reap. We have, we get things, but we don't know how to manage and maintain mm-hmm. and never, never left, learn how to increase those things. God wants us to expand glory, and he cannot trust glory in the hands of bastard children. So the first thing he wants to know is, can you be a son 
to somebody for any duration of time. And just because yeah. you're sitting up queue for five years doesn't mean that you were sitting in purpose, sitting in humility, sitting in obedience, but you could have been sitting there to prove a point to something and someone else. Mm, okay. And it always shows up when you get to the other side. Because remember, they are positioning to cross over and go to a higher level of living. But in order for them to cross over, God has to give them some more instruction. Somebody say the Lord is trying to talk to us. The Lord is trying to talk to us. We got to know this because I'm running out of all that I used to have. Them old tricks and games I used to be able to play, I'm running out. I'm running out. I'm running out. And not only am I running out of the game, but I'm running out of my provision, and God is shutting down even heaven from me. Manna ain't even falling no more in my lunch pail. Manna ain't showing up in the bread box no more. Manna ain't falling from the sky no more. And God is sending a sure sign to you, and he is changing the direction and the course of your life. You do not get to have it and do it your way any longer because the way you've been doing it is the reason why you've wandered for all these years and it's time out for wandering and it's time to step into your wonder, baby. Step into the place where people look at you and say, wow, man, he's a wonder. Wow, wonder. Man, they are amazing. How did they do that? Well, they lined themselves up now and changed postures. Let's see what happens. The Bible says, in it, verse 13, it says, And it came to pass, when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, there stood a man over against him with his sword drawn. With his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him, Are you for us? Or are you for our adversary? And he said, Nay, but I'm here as the captain of the host of the Lord, of the Lord. And now I come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, What saith my Lord unto this servant? And the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoes from thy foot, for the place where thou standest is holy. And Joshua did so. (coughs) If you go over to chapter 6, you will see that God gave Joshua prophetic instructions. And I want you to see them. Well, verse 6 says, And it came to pass, I mean, chapter 6 says, and it came to pass that Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None without and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given unto thee the, 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 land, the hand of Jericho and the king thereof and the mighty men of valor. And you shall pass the city, all you men of war, and go about it the city once. Now, he gives them instructions to go around the city once a day for six days, and on the seventh day, go around seven times. But this is the captain of the host of the Lord's army. This is the angel speaking to Joshua, okay? He is not speaking to the people. He is not speaking to the audience. He's not speaking to the congregation. He is speaking to Joshua on behalf of the people's breakthrough. And so here it is important that the people adhere to the voice now that God is speaking through and to Joshua that has come from the angel. But where I wanted you to see is that when they come to this defining and culminating point, that Joshua is at the place of question. Joshua is now based up on the strength level that 
he has. He has get he has he has brought the people out of the land. He has been leading them all this way. He has now led to circumcise them. Not only circumcise them, take them to Gilgal. Not only Gilgal, make sure they pack what they had from the former place they were in. Then go from that place to the next place, and then all of a sudden, how God used to feed them. He don't feed them no more, and so now they have a shortage on food, and there's a real crisis in the land, and yet God is still speaking to Joshua, who has the favor of the people. He has the favor of the people, but now he, there must be some level of concern that all the miracles are not falling no more, that now the wonders are not happening anymore. All the, the, the wonders that they had saw had stopped. It has stopped. Joshua's at the place now where he's on the edge, man. He said, are you for us or against us? He took his sword and he drew down on the Lord. He said, man, I don't know, I don't know where you come from, but I, I can't take no more gimmicks. I can't no, take no more tricks. I can't take no more foolery. I'm at the place where I'm about to start cutting. Anybody got to the place where you just took all you can take? You've been so responsible so long, you just got tired of being responsible. Got tired of being the reason. You understood the pressure of leadership. That everything was on you. People were watching you. It almost was better if the people fell off, but the people stayed on. Now long the people around God is speaking. He's talking, and he's talking to a man that's in question. I don't have time to really get into one what I want to, but I want to paraphrase for you. It's not until you get to the place of question. And I want you to hear that. If you are at the place where you are at question, and I'm not just talking about any kind of question, but I'm talking about to the place where you are questioning the very thing that you believe for all of this time. Jericho was a place they had been believing for, for a very long time. It was the promise given to Moses that they were going to go to a land flowing with milk and honey. And finally, they are on the plane of their breakthrough. And Joshua is at the place of questioning. It is amazing that I have discovered this discovery, that once you get to the place where God is really about to use you, it's just seemingly strange that he always shows up at the place where you're almost just about out of strength. Where you're so almost dead tired, so out of it, you just you can't take no more bad news. You're so confused now that you're even you're misjudging spiritual operations. And Joshua said, "Are you for us? Are you against us, man?" I, 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 he's questioning. He's questioning his help now. You, I, I shared with you this. I think it was this morning. Well, we talked about spiritual leadership, and I said you never want your leader to be at the place where he's in question concerning who you are to him. I was sharing the story once before, but I was in an um, armor bearer class with uh, the head of security at Faithful Central Bible Church in Los Angeles. This was about 15 years ago. And the man of God, a man who was over that particular department, came and did this seminar at this church that I was supporting and building. And he was sharing how, insignif how significant and how important it was 
for the men of God and the people of God to be reliable and dependable. And they felt like it sometimes like it meant nothing to be there, but just being there means all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. I, I shared with you this morning, I said you do not want your ram caught in the thicket of the fence, especially by the ram's horn. And that was the place in um, Genesis where Abraham, uh, God revealed to him uh, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, your provider. In other words, Jehovah Jireh is a manifestation of where God reveals to you his provision for your life. And so God has brought him to this place where he's revealing the revelation of his provision, but this only happens through strict acts of obedience. And the obedience that he had to take a man were not easy steps. One was he was challenged to go and sacrifice his own son, and not only a son, but a son of 12 years where there had been dialogue, there had been relationship, there had been connection there. And he's challenged to go do this. Not only that, he's challenged, amen, in the area of the word of God, because the word of God said that you're not supposed to have any human sacrifices, but yet God was challenging him to do something that had not been done before. And when you get to these kind of places, man, you start questioning. And you're questioning because you know that God ain't going to leave you at the place of the question. God has you at the place of the question so you can surrender to the question and step into your obedience. God has you at the place of question because your place of question is your door to your breakthrough. It is the evidence that I'm concerned to do it just the way you want it, God. I'm all out of me, and I just want to be where you are. Are you for us or are you against us? Because I can't make no more mistakes. I don't need nobody else along for the ride who's just coming. I need to know if you're with me. I need to know if you're fighting with me. I want to know if you're warring with me. I want to know if you're believing with me. I understand that I'm cranky and moody and all out of bounds, but you got to understand, I'm on the plains of the breakthrough, and I'm at a place closer than ever before. And this place that I'm in, I'm so responsible for so many people getting over to the other side. These people have been supporting. These people have been caring. These people have been covering. These people have consistently been, been there. What do you do, God, when you're at the place when everybody's broken? Everybody needs to be healed. There's nobody to draw from. There's nothing to draw from. And the ones that could have done a disappearing act, and the ones that are, they have little or nothing. They got two loaves of bread and a bottle of milk, and they just got these little pieces of grain, and now the grain has run out. And not only has the grain run out, but the manna has ceased, and we all are left here at the point of the question. God, if this be you, why are we here today? How do we get here, God? I've been believing for this day. I've been believing for this place in ministry. I've been believing, and now I'm finally here. I'm right next door to what I've always wanted, what I've been faithing for, confessing the word of God for. I'm finally here, and now I'm not too sure that I want what I thought I wanted when I first wanted it, but it didn't cost me so much. Oh, my son, that I will say, God. Am I talking to anybody tonight? I'm, I, I see it, I, I, but I don't. I, 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 I don't know. Almost, rather, I'd rather just let them go on and go. I'd rather just let let Pastor go on up. Hmm. I just rather because I, I, I just don't know. I'm at the place of question. To be of good cheer because hmm. this is not the first time that this has happened. Whenever you get to the point of question, you're, it's safe to say that you're at the place of breakthrough. Joshua said, are you for us? 
are you against us? David was trying to restore the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. He gave all his energy. He gave all his strength. The Bible said he had musicians and singers going before him. They carried this, this, this Ark of the Covenant, which was a, a, a wooden box overlaid with gold. It had a cherub, two, two cherubims on top of it. It had the word of God on the inside, the Pentateuch, and the law on the inside. It had manna from the wilderness inside it, and it was carried. Amen. In this case, it was pushed. But you remember when they got the shit on stretching floor, that uh, Yuza, who belonged, was David's one of his men, went out to catch it because the oxen had stumbled that had been pushing this cart that had this very significant sacred holy artifact. And when this thing stumbled, the Bible says that heaven responded and killed Yuza, graveyard dead, and he killed Yuza under David's leadership. And so David is feeling some kind of awful because people are dying under his leadership. People are suffering under his leadership. People are not having everything that he believes that they should have under his leadership. What do you do when you get to the point where it seems like you're responsible and now it's to the point that you feel demonized? This is not the first time David been demonized. David was demonized before at Ziglag. With Ziglag, they were out fighting war. And while they were at war and they were winning war and they came back from winning the battle, but when they got back from winning battles, they came home to a land where their wives and their children had been, had been kidnapped and their homeland had been burned down. So on one day, they're winning victories, but the next day they're experiencing defeat. What do you do when you got your ministry and you got your people one day experience pronounced big victories, but on the other end, they're failing in defeat? You almost feel responsible. God, is it me? Is it me, God? What what is happening here? Are the people the people are obeying you, right? I, I believe they are. They talk like they are. They sound like they do. Oh, baby, but don't be surprised because everybody that's talking right, acting right, looking right, you can dress with a doily on your head and a white dress forever with no makeup on no, and plenty coffee stockings on your feet. Ooh. But just because you look the part doesn't mean that you are the obedience that you're portraying to be. And we never know until we're getting ready to cross over. And it's sad to say, you never know until you cross over into AI. AI was hmm. a smaller place. And they started losing battles, and they're trying to figure out why we're losing battles. Why are we being defeated by small things, only to find out that somebody who was circumcised with us, that waited in Gilgal, mm. yes, they were circumcised, they even waited, they were a part of it all. But they were like Simon the Sorcerer, born again. But their ways hadn't changed. Mm. We didn't detect their ways. Until we found out that they rebelled against Joshua's voice and we went into their huts and their tents and we found some of the stuff that God told them not to touch. Imagine Joshua feeling the levels of defeat. David was at that place. He's pushing the Ark of the Covenant back. This man dies. And David is frustrated, the Bible says. He is so frustrated that he began to ask God, he said, how do I bring back the Ark of the Covenant? He took the Ark of the Covenant and he put it in Obam Edom's house for a period of about three months, and he made himself a student. 
And he began to study the Pentateuch, the Torah. And he found that the ark was not supposed to be pushed, but it's supposed to be carried on the shoulders of sons. Which means that if you're really going to carry the glory, you're not going to produce glory by yourself. And you've got to find some sons that are willing to carry the burden. Joshua, I mean, David said, Lord, I'm at the point of breakthrough. What did I say? Breakthrough was at the point. When you get to the point of the question, that's when you're at the realm of the breakthrough. David said, how do I do this? It is something about that question. That's when you question, it oozes and squeezes out every ounce of arrogance you may have. It takes out and subtracts every ounce of pride. Puts you at a place of humility. Anybody at the point that you've been waiting for, believing for, fasting for, 20 years, 30 years, now you're finally here. And you done been through so much stuff with the thing you've been believing for. That you're just at the point now where you're saying, Lord, I don't know. I don't know. Until God reveals to you all the things that you've developed just for the fact that you asked the question. The issue is it took you 20 years to get to the point of question. God could have gave you solution and answer two months ago to the first two months, within the first year, within the first six months. But because you had an unteachable spirit, you couldn't be taught. You were too busy pretending to know everything. You were too busy. You had too much pride and too much arrogance to humble yourself. And so now you're suffering at the question instead of getting the resolve of the question. But the question was never about your defeat. The question was always about your victory. It was always about your victory. Always about your victory. Somebody say, the question is about my victory. It's about my victory. It's about my victory. God got got a blessing for me. God got a blessing for you. God's going to bless you. I want you to look at something. Turn to Matthew 27. And when you get there, let me know you're there. Matthew 27. Let's look at verse number... Number 45. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. I'll start at verse 42. It says, he saved others, himself cannot save. That is speaking in reference to Jesus. Matter of fact, let's go to verse 41. Verse 41, and somebody will read verse 41 for me. Amen. I'm having some difficulties. But go 41 through 45. <laughs> verse 41. Likewise also the chief priests mocking him with the scribes and the elders said, Save others 
himself he could not save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. Verse 3, trusted in God. Let him deliver him now, if he will have him. For he said, I am the son of God. The thief also, which were crucified with him, cast the stain in his teeth. And now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabathani. That is to say, my God, my God, why? Why? Oh, God, why? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. I'm not only at the place that I've been believing for for 20 years, but I'm in the place, God. And I don't feel you nowhere around. Mm. Now, I know you are Billy. And you Billy bad. And you don't need no teachers and you definitely don't need no answers to resolve their or answers for you. And that you've always had a posture and a teachable heart and a teachable spirit. But Jesus is at the place now that he had been believing for, at the place that he was born for. And did you ever feel like the thing that you were born for is at threat? Yeah. Uh-huh. And you say, God, how we, how, how, and why? Wait a minute. I was more hopeful before I got this close. (laughs) And now everything is going wrong, and I keep talking about I'm the king of the Jews, and everybody is looking at me. I got one on this side, I got another on that side, and they're looking at me. And they're saying, how can you be the leader? And you're in the same position we're in. How can you be it and be in the same spot as people who are not it? Jesus was on the cross. Yet two guys on each side of him. The question has been as it relates to the subject of tongues and it's praying or speaking in tongues. And I tell people all the time that the scripture says that we're to build ourselves up with this heavenly language for it, it makes circumvention for what is the will and the mind of God for us. The Bible says that the spirit of God makes intercession for that, which is the heart thoughts and intentions in the mind of God for us. That's what he does. And so when I am, filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues and praying in tongues, the Bible says that when man prays in the Spirit, he does not pray to man, but he prays to God. He said, for your understanding is unfruitful because he is speaking in an unknown tongue. So when he's praying in a tongue, he's not praying to man. And so if I'm at the dinner table and I start to bless the food, and I go, Rota, shata, la, okay. you have no idea what I'm talking about. And I don't care how 
tight you hold hands, that ain't going to make you interpret, amen, what I just said. Well, one is, if I'm praying like that, I'm not praying to you. I'm praying to God. But if I am mature, then after I pray to God, then God circumvents his will, amen, and responds to me what is his desire, and then I will speak in my understanding. Now, when I teach on this level, amen, which we may get into sometime this week, amen, you'll have a better clarity, amen, for where I'm at. But Jesus is on the cross now. And the question was like, why do we have to speak in tongues, a prayer tongue? And again, I will say this, and I will say it emphatically. If you do not pray or speak in tongues, it does not mean that you are not filled with the Holy Ghost. I'll say that again. Just because you do not speak or pray in tongues does not mean that you are not filled with the Holy Ghost. I will gently and humbly say you are at a disadvantage. Because you don't have to speak in it, you get to. And it is the privilege of your salvation because there are things you can't get without it. And one is, is the circumvention of God's will. The Bible says you are building yourself up when you go in one. One says you are interpreting the minds of heaven, and you are also planting the heavens when you do so. It is the glossolalia. It is your spiritual language. <laughs> now, I was born and raised in a denomination where we didn't do that. And so you got to understand, when the Holy Spirit filled me, he filled me. And because of how it's been done, people are so leery about it because we're tearing, 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 And the only reason we're tearing so long is because there's something we don't know. The Bible says if you ask of me, he said, he said, he said, which father would give to his, would not give his children good gifts? He says the evil men can give gifts to their children. How much more can your father give you if those that ask? It is a gift you get, but it's really not a gift. It is the unlocking of the Spirit of God within you because it is a manifestation that comes out of you. And if it comes out of you, that's because it's in you. He says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Out of you, out of you shall come forth words of wisdom. Out of you shall come words of knowledge. Out of you shall come tongues, Mm -hmm. interpretation Mm -hmm. of tongues. Sometimes being full of the Holy Spirit is not always to speak in a tongue, but to interpret the tongue that was spoken, especially in a corporate setting. If you have been given governing authority within that congregation, this is a mature house now. In a mature house, when the people of God are speaking in a tongue and they're all praising God in the tongue, you notice when the spirit of unity is there, there's a great calm that takes over the body in that congregation. Mm-hmm. And it does it all at one time. But sometimes somebody else's voice could be magnified above the congregation and speaking in a tongue. And as the, as the congregation gets quiet, then the mic is passed and someone who has the spirit of interpretation will interpret the tongue that was spoken. Because it's for the general body. But then in the private devotional language, you don't get an interpreter because I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to God myself for me. Amen. Now, sometimes I can be praying in a tongue in a service, 
and you sitting waiting for me to start talking. No, I'm going to and then I'll come back and start speaking in my understanding because I'm getting information that God is giving me concerning the service, the person, the people, and therefore now I'm releasing in my understanding. Yes, yes, you got yes, it? Yes, yes. And so what I'm yes. doing is I am getting and going after the will of God now. I need the will of God, which cannot be comprehended by my natural intellect. So I use my heavenly language that makes the intercession for me, according to Romans 8. Yes. yes. I was born in a Baptist church, and we didn't do that. Oh, but when I got into that word. Mm-hmm. And I found out that I should be doing it. I I let go of tradition and I follow Jesus. Watch here, people. Jesus is on the cross. He is getting ready to resurrect in three days after his death. He is in a defining moment, it is safe to say, in his ministry. The audience is watching. The crowd has attended. And watching him suspended between earth and heaven on the cross. And he's telling one guy, you're going to enter into paradise with me. But how can you save me, man? And you can't even save yourself. My God. My God. Why did you have me doing all of those healings and miracles? I walked on water, and I even allowed Peter to come along with me. My God, why would you leave me now? This is Jesus' lower nature speaking now. His carnality, his flesh. So he has to build himself up in the spirit. And he said, Roto Shataraba, Ila, Ila, Lama Sabafani. Which is translate. Which that meant it was not his natural name, uh, first language. But he's now in the tongue. And he's speaking in the spirit. And he's getting the will and the promise of God. Why? Because he's at the point. A breakthrough. In three days, he's about to become everything that eternity had been waiting on. I'm talking to somebody that you're about to blow your promise. You are judging who you are based upon where you at. But just because you own that cross don't mean that you are the indictment that the people are trying to make you. Just because you up there don't mean you are the place that you hang. And you got to elevate your consciousness now and get in the spirit. Jesus is at the point of breakthrough, but his breakthrough was introduced by the question. Why? Why did you get me all the way to the point and then left me there? 
if you keep reading, the Bible says they got some vinegar, and they tried to put it in Jesus' mouth, sponge. And the reason they would do so is because it would act as an anesthesia. But what you got to understand, when God is trying to elevate you to the next level, you don't need no artificial respirators. And this is the reason why it took the children to live for 40 years. This is why it took some of us 20, 30 years to get to where God wanted us to be. Because every time God was trying to squeeze stuff out of us that we didn't need, out of our person, out of our character, out of our behaviors, we kept looking for anesthesia. We kept looking for stuff to make us feel better. And we took the easy way out. And so it was easy to get ready to pay my rent instead of taking my behind the school. It was easier to go lay up with that woman and let her take care of it. It was easier. And God said, okay, you still my man. You still my woman. You still purpose. But until you get some of that negativity out of that junk out of you, that crap out of you. And I know when you're there because you'll get to the point that you'll say, God, nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. And I will to do your will, for it is my pleasure to do your will. So, Lord, yes, I'm at the point of question, and I want to throw in the towel. I fight with that from time to time. But what you're really showing me by grace is that's just an indicator that my bowels are too low. My cells have strength, and I need to be filled again, and I need to be lifted again. I need to go higher again. I need to get in your presence. I need to get up, God. I'm too low. I'm at the point of question, my God, my God, why have you forsaken? Father, tonight I pray for your people that are at the point where they're questioning the very placement that you've positioned them in. I pray, Father, that you would lift up the bow down here and that you would bring joy to the troubled heart. I pray, Father, that you would be, give them oil of gladness. Give them grace, Father, tonight. To make it through this time, Father, where they struggle, Father. Make it through this time where they question, Lord. My God, my God, why, he says. Why, Lord, have you forsaken me? I finally got to the place of breakthrough. Finally got there, Lord. And you've forsaken me. No, I haven't forsaken you. It's just that I need you to circumcise. I need you to cut off some of that dead flesh. Get rid of some of that necessary stuff. You don't need all of that to produce what I'm trying to do in your life. Have you not noticed that now you are still... Wasting time with the minors. Trust me to be your major God. I haven't forsaken you. I have not forsaken you. 
I'm just trying to show you what you got, man. And if you're always waiting on me to do it, you'll never, ever rejoice in the glory of the manifestation of the potential that's in you. Don't travel 41 years. Get off that wandering route. Let it go and get into the promise. Some of you all, you're right there. Some of you all are entertaining it, but you're about to lose it because your heart isn't full like it needs to be. And you think this absence away from fellowship isn't affecting you? The devil is a liar. I thank God for this medium. It keeps us connected, keeps us rejoicing and filling up in the spirit. And and when we walk in cooperation, we see the results and we get built up. But it's not enough for just one or two of us to obey the Lord to fullness. It's not enough just to do your homework and then go live like hell. You got to pull it together now. Button your, lace up your bootstraps. Tighten your belt. Get yourself together. He ain't gone. He's just trying to see how much is in you that can come out of you. And if you ain't got a word in you, you ain't never got to worry about Eli, Eli, Lama, Sebastiani coming out of you. <coughs> Somebody going to have a new song next time, next week this time. They're going to say, I'm coming out, and I want the world to know. Hey! <laughs> I'm about to let it show. I'm coming, girl. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I can't stay on this cross too much longer. I'm coming out. This is not a bad thing. This is the moment I live for. I'm coming God bless your heart and all your parts. Shanine, give instructions, amen. Remember, we're seeding into the Lord tonight. We're seeding. We're in the middle of, of a project. Do it without seed, but we're offering opportunities to be blessed. So I'm not, this is not out of necessity. This is out of leadership. 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 Some of you are going to sow tonight. You can sow through PayPal. Or you can use your credit card, amen. Do it through PayPoint system. However, you can email us, and we will securely take care of your business. I promise you. We're seeding tonight. Some of you all are in a seed deficit. We have honored everything except God with our finances. Somebody needs to get an intentional seed. Amen. An intentional $300 seed. Somebody else a $100 seed, and the rest of you follow with that $40 blessing. And I need you to write me on that. God bless your heart and all your parts. I love you with the love of the Lord. Please get with us tomorrow morning. God's going to meet us at our place. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Amen.
night, family. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.